Welcome to the Investing Tutor Podcast, the show for professionals looking to master the most up-to-date strategies needed to build wealth and provide a stable financial future. Here's your host, Dr. Hans Boateng. Hey friends, Dr. Hans here, the Investing Tutor, and oh my gosh, I have an incredible episode for you today. Joining us on the podcast is Trader Travis. He's the recent winner of the U.S. Investing Championship. On this episode, I'm going to be talking to Travis about trading. For my listeners, you know I'm a big believer in long-term investing, but I think you're going to absolutely love this dialogue as we dive into trading, long-term investing, what it means. If you're interested in trading, I mean, there's so much that we can discuss This is the first time I'm having a trader on this podcast. Travis is an incredible individual, and I feel like he is someone who I definitely need to have this genuine conversation with. So without further ado, help me welcome Trader Travis. Well, that was an amazing intro, and I didn't realize I'm the first trader, so I'm even more honored now. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. My absolute pleasure. So Travis, you achieved financial freedom in your 30s, and we're definitely going to dive into that story. But to start off, what is your definition of financial freedom? Oh, I love that. It's it's, my definition is first, uh, it's not being a millionaire. uh, And that's what I struggled with for many years. And so my definition and how I define what we achieve financial freedom is where our investment income, right? Whether that was passive income or slightly active income where the money from our investments was enough to pay our expenses. And that is when we decided, hey, we're financially free. And that's brilliant. You know, most people, when they think of financial freedom, they are thinking of, I need $3 million. So I need Mm -hmm. whatever million dollars it is. But true financial freedom really is when you're able to live off of the income on your investments or like if you have a, you know, a business or something like that. So that's, that's phenomenal. Travis, I'm sure my listeners are wondering, how did you get to where you are today? Write your story. And I'm sure it's a long story, but can you just break it down for us and allow us to literally get a window into your journey? What I'll do is, first of all, for the credentials, you said I'm the U.S. Investing Championship winner of the futures and options division. There's two divisions, stock division and future and options, right? So that's how most people know me now. Uh, A lot of people, and I'm going to be honest here, a lot of people think I live this dream lifestyle because I live in one of the most affluent communities in this small town of Idaho where I live in, where I live at. I make more money now in a month than I made all year in corporate America. You know, I have a lovely wife, beautiful wife, uh, three kids who are homeschool. We take three months off every year. We, we, do we, want, we do what we want, when we want, and whenever we want. So on the surface, it looks like this dream lifestyle. But what I always tell people is they're like, well, I like you because you're not like on YouTube and like Ferraris and all this. I'm like, that's like, if I did, nobody would want to learn from me because I'm like, hey, look at me in my Honda minivan, right? So when you look closer at us, we, we're a normal family. I have a, a Honda minivan. My wife, Literally, the, the two days after we bought it, brand new car, she ran into a pole at the park, taking the boys to the park. I have a 2006 Honda Accord, that dings and dents on it because the kids ride bikes by it and drop the bikes on it. 
We have holes in our wall in our house. The door jams are missing because kids like to slam doors, right? So we, on, the, on the surface, we look like a really normal family. And that's intentional because, as my wife said, we want to look rich. Ooh, that's not true. We want to actually be rich, not look rich. Where a lot of people want to look rich, we're like, no, we don't care about looking rich. We actually want to be rich. So that's where I'm now. But I didn't start out there. I started out in a small town in Virginia, and I get some emotional because I'm so grateful at how far I've come. I, I grew up in a country town in Virginia called Ashland, and we had a house with no running water or bathroom. And we had a five-gallon paint bucket that we used as a toilet because our house had no bathroom in it. We'd pump water from like a little well outside our kitchen door. We heat it up on the stove. And then we had this like galvanized tin tub that that's what we used to take a bath in. We'd all take a bath in the same dirty water because it took so long to heat up water on the stove. It's like you can't do that process every single time for five members in the family. So that's where I started. And, you know, my family, of course, I didn't learn about, I, I literally didn't learn what the word investing meant until I was 19. Because when you grow up in that kind of environment, rich people are always seen as evil and greedy. That's what I was told. Rich people are evil and greedy. There's no talk of investing. It's all about survival and getting ahead. And so that's kind of a little background on my story. I could really relate to your story. And you are right. You know, when you are growing up, specifically in a family that's not necessarily rich, you don't hear about investing. It's, and you look at individuals who have a lot of money. And if you're not careful, there could be this like hatred or like, how come they have money? But the truth is that anyone has the opportunity to be able to become rich. And I don't think people realize that. We've heard the earlier part of your story how did you transition from that to being where you are right now? I'm sure mindset shift had a lot to do with it, or maybe there's something else. Like, how did you make that transition? Oh, yeah, I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, yeah, it definitely was a mindset shift. <laughs> it was uh, more of a forced mindset shift versus intentional, and I'll, I'll explain that. So I, I made that shift because uh, I, I joined the U.S. Army, um, and that's where I, f I met what I call my first millionaire mentor. He's a guy who introduced me to the world of investing. It was real estate investing, and he was a pastor, Chap McElroy. So I, I owe him, I, literally, he was my, my savior at the time. Not only did he teach me investing, he taught me how to be a good human being, you know, because I grew up in a really, really rugged environment. So um, he taught me about real estate investing, and so I, I, I was hooked. I was like, wow, this concept of investing seems like it was awesome. I, so I was literally eyes wide open and I pursued a real estate career and took me, well, I spent, I won't be honest, I spent maybe a good three to five years in fear, literally just reading all I can about it and not taking action. It's a comfort zone that people get into. It's a it, it feels like you're making progress because you're learning, 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 but I'm like, it's an illusion. You're not actually making progress. You make progress where you take action and you learn best that way. So I spent about three to five years in, in fear, reading books, scared to make my first step. But once I finally bought my first property, I got hooked and I parlayed that and probably about three years to close to a real estate uh, millionaire. But there's a tragic ending to that story, but I'll stop here. Is, is that answer your question? Yes, it definitely does. And sure, you can tell us about the ending. <laughs> the ending was, I was one property shy of becoming a real estate millionaire. 
that shouldn't be surprise anybody because real estate is one of the tools side tangent here is three pillars in my opinion to wealth building if you study the world's wealthiest people they either built or kept their wealth primarily one of three ways or actually all three ways real estate through real estate through a business they own or through investments so it should be no surprise that hey i was almost a millionaire through real estate because it's one of the tools that people have used to create wealth since the beginning of time how did somebody like me go bankrupt with real estate Right? If real estate can turn you into a millionaire, how did I go bankrupt? And that's the tragic ending. And it's because I had the tools of the wealthy, but the mindset of a poor person. And that's what I mean by that forced mental shift is I, I had this tool. I leveraged myself. I, I remember to this day what my language was in my head. My mentors told me, say you have six to 12 months emergency fund savings, have like six months uh, money in the bank if your property goes empty. And I was like, it made no sense to me at the time. I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire. Why do I need savings, right? I'm going to have a million dollars. Like, it made no sense to me at the time <laughs> until I went broke. And I was like, makes a lot of sense now. Because when the properties, uh, I had this fluke incident where all of my properties went empty the same exact month. I had zero savings and I can't remember how much, maybe 10 to 20 grand in mortgage payments each month. And I was paying it with credit cards because I had no savings. And Eventually, I went belly up. And so when I hit rock bottom, I was humble enough. It, it took me to my rock bottom emotionally, financially, everything. And that's when I was humble enough to finally hear what my mentors have been trying to teach me. And that's when the mindset shift happened. How did you go from real estate investor to having the confidence to learn about the stock market? To be honest, I was desperate. And I wouldn't advise people to start where I started in such a desperate position where you have no choice. But that was just my reality. I started when I was desperate. The confidence came over time. Uh, but when you're desperate and you have no other way, it's like, this is all I can do. Like, there's no turning back. I have nothing else. Like, what else is there to lose? Versus other people, like they have a job and they learn about their 401k and they learn about Roths and they start investing small dollar amounts and then they see results and then, you know, they're like, hey, I like this investing thing. Let me do more of it. Well, mine was a lot different. I wish my story started off nice and smooth like that, but it was not. I was like, nope, desperate guy. I need something to work and I need it fast. And so that's, that's my truthful <laughs> answer to that. So when you did start trading, did the money come fast? What was that journey like? Yes, it did. And that is the worst thing to happen for somebody trading. Um, you said it in one of your uh, podcasts. Uh, I think you had a, a podcast with uh, one of your friends, Jeff, and you said, and I, I totally agree with you. You're like, that's why I don't like trading because people get that taste of easy, fast money and then they want more of it. They want to duplicate that result. And that is exactly what happened to me. I took 10 grand and literally in two months turned it to 70 grand. People are like, oh, I want to do that. No, you do not. Because it trains you, it sets you up for failure later on because that's not, wealth is not built like that. It, let me back up. You can make money quickly, but I can almost guarantee you, you'll never keep it because you never built the skill set that's required to keep that wealth. There's three skill sets, at least in my experience, to kind of accumulating wealth. You have to first make it, you have to keep it, and then you have to grow it. If you're lacking in one of those three, three skill sets, something's going to be off somewhere. So I had the skill set of making money. I learned options, which are generally highly leveraged. People say they're all risky. 
And so that's how I made the money so quickly. But I never developed that skill set, discipline and patience and all that. So I didn't keep the money and I didn't know how to grow it. Uh, but yes, I did make money quickly. And I will tell you right now, if you try to trade and you make money quickly, it is the worst thing that can happen to you. The best thing that can happen to you is that you lose money first. Hopefully not a lot because it humbles you to the reality that, okay, this is not as easy as, like you said, the Instagram stars and, and YouTube people make it seem. Um, that's the kind of experience you want, that humbling experience where you're more mature and you approach it more cautiously. So what's the difference between an investor and a trader? Oh my gosh, I've been dying for people to ask me this forever. <laughs> I will give you an analogy, and I saw it on Twitter. It was a picture of Warren Buffett and the CEO of Coke. And it, I think it literally said investor versus trader, if I remember correctly. Warren Buffett owns a bunch of shares of Coke. I don't even know how many, but he earns money through dividends and things like that. And so the, the picture said Warren Buffett makes $430 million a year from Coke, right? So they had investor on one side. Now they had the CEO of Coke, and they like makes $32 million a year through his paycheck. So in this example, the CEO of Coke is a trader. Buffett is an investor. And what's the difference is Buffett doesn't have to go to any meetings or do anything at Coke. He doesn't have to clock in a paycheck at Coke to earn that 400 and something million. He has a system that's put in place that's generating 400 and something million dollars in passive income via dividends and options. That's another bombshell we can maybe get into later. A lot of people don't know that Warren Buffett uses options. People think he hates options. And I'm like, have you read his annual report of his 13F filings? He's made billions of dollars. I wouldn't say trading options, but he uses options. And I don't want to get sidetracked. So we'll talk about that maybe later. But the CEO of Coke, he has to trade time for money. He has to go in every day, go to meetings. He has to deal with a lot of stress. He only makes 32 a million. So the summary there is a trader is somebody who trades time for money. It could be a lot of money. I make a lot of money as a trader. It's not a bad job, but it is definitely a job. I trade time for money. And guess what? If I have a stroke like my brother, who's a couple of years older than me, that money disappears because it's, 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 it's dependent on my effort as a trader. But an investor is somebody who makes money through a system, a system that does all the work and it's not requiring your effort. And so in my opinion, that's the difference between a trader and investor. One trades time for dollars, the other one earned their money through passive income. And I hope that answered your question. It definitely did because a lot of people don't know the difference. Most traders don't tout themselves as also being buy and hold investors or long-term investors. How did you arrive at this point? I, I slowly arrived at this point over the years. Oh, well, I know it. I, I know how to, I know what it is. Uh, the my lifestyle where Ray Dalio helped me make the final shift but the shift was happening way before that and the shift happened because I got married I had kids and I realized I can't sit in front of a computer all the day right I got responsibilities my kids want to play with me and then I have family members passing away I'm now taking care of my mom all this stuff happened right and then I'm like that's what I really realized that wow when I was going in my stepdad's funeral like I didn't make any money because I'm like, well, I wasn't trading. And then, you know, I, 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 I heard Ray Dalio talk about something, how you learn from people who are different than you. And you have the mind of a curious, I think open-minded of being curious, learn from people who disagree with you. So I used to be what I call an active trading bigot, meaning that I was 
totally turned off by buy and hold. And my mentor, honestly, one of the original mentors who taught me about stock market investing, he told me 80% of my money should go into buy and hold and 20% in options. But because me, I was an idiot. I was like, uh, no, I'm making too much money with options. Why, wanna, why do I want to settle for 79% returns? It just made no sense to me. So anytime somebody used to talk about buy and hold, I was like, Psh, whatever. Like, you can have that. Uh, like, I'll keep my 15 to 30% a year with options, right? But that's an active trading bigot. A bigot is somebody who's intolerant of uh, the opinions of someone else or the method of someone else. But again, through my life experience, I realized something has to give. And then I became, wow, okay, bond hold works. I started getting jealous at all these guys bragging about their, you know, 100K dividend checks <laughs> and they're doing nothing but sitting on a beach. And I'm like, I might make the same money, but I was like, I have to show up every day to my computer. And so it was just through that pain of that experience and realizing that I was being a bigot and too close-minded that I just now, be, now I'm like, I'm just a humble student. I'm curious. I'll learn from people who may have methods that are completely opposite of mine or who even disagree with me. Cause I learn from people who hate trading and I'm like, that's cool. That's okay. I respect your opinion, but there's something I can learn from you. There's obviously something you're doing that's working. And so now I just pull from things that people are doing that's working. And I kind of mesh together this, this, like you said, this, this, this bridge now where I'm now both an investor and a trader and I use both of them together. Now on Instagram, there are many people claiming to be traders. They say things like they can help people quit their job, travel the world. Are these individuals being truthful? The, the answer I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm, going to, I, I'm, I'm sure is going to be lacking. People are going to want more, but it, it's the answer I have to give. One, there's a natural skepticism and I get it. I'm, I'm like that too, but I catch myself because, and here's why. My mentor told me, well, he told me there's a fact. A lot of these guys rent like uh, jets for the day because you can do a photo shoot. Let me just rent, rent the tarmac or you rent cars. They give an illusion because that sells. Since I don't know these individuals personally, the answer is I honestly don't know. I don't know if they're successful because I don't know them personally. And the reason I shy away from just assuming all of fraudsters is because that's judgment. And, and one, I know what that feels like. I'm a guy who teaches something that works. I'm a trader and I'm constantly judged. Oh, if it works so well, why you have to sell it? All this other stuff. And it's like, I know what that feels like to be judged. So I'm not going to judge someone else. Two, from the practical standpoint, if these guys are as successful as they claim to be, God bless them. I mean, we need more successful people like that. And I, I wish more success for them. Uh, I, I learned from T. Harvecker, bless that which you want. If, if I want more success, then I have to be happy for other people who are being successful. But that's the problem. We don't know if they are successful. And so I just, I'm like, well, I don't know them personally. So honestly can't say whether they're lying or not. If, if I did know them personally, I could tell you, but I don't. And I, I, and I shy away from judging them and I've already explained why. Yeah. So how can we, an individual who wants to know, is this person a real trader? Or are they fake? How can <laughs> someone know? Because if they are not able to deduce that, they could end up paying a ton of money to someone. And it just, you know how some people will go spend money with the wrong person and then mm -hmm. jump to conclusions that, oh, this options thing is, is fake. It's a fraud. So then how do people identify Mm -hmm. who is trustworthy versus someone who isn't. 
<laughs> really, 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 really good question because if you don't figure this out, you will get scammed a bunch of times like me. Um, that's probably one of the reasons I found something at work is because I've been scammed more than most. And that's because I've been naive more than most. So I can't tell you or anybody else how to do it. I can tell you how I've done it. And then you can try to try it on for yourself to see if that works. Because as one guy said, all success is autobiographical, right? All, all I can do is share what I've done and you kind of try it for yourself. So the first thing I can tell you is that in every single instance where I've been scammed and, and I've been scammed a lot, like out of, close to 100, 100 grand, not all at once, but, you know, buying different products and things like that, is that my intuition always knew from the get-go. It's what they call that gut instinct, right? You, something inside tells you something's off and you just kind of ignore it. But I can promise you every single time, whether it's a bad relationship, a bad investment, some course I shouldn't have bought, every single time I had this gut intuitive feeling that this is not true. And you should listen to it. But if you're like me and you tend to be hard-headed sometimes, you don't listen to it. Here's a more prudent, practical approach is you stalk them, right? This is what I did with my current mentor. He had a podcast. I listened to the free stuff first. You, and you, what you're listening for is stuff that's wholesome and good. And if he's talking about like taking two grand and a million in a year, run the other way. That's, that's possible, but not likely, right? That's not how people build wealth. If you hear something like, hey, add more money to your account. There's no wealth without savings, you know, uh, spend less than you earn, invest a difference, just good, wholesome stuff. Then, you know, okay, this person at least has some sense of integrity. And then from there, you, it's a low risk approach. If they have a low price product, test it out, buy it. Like, how's the support? Do you hear from them? Is the product good? You know, and then actually put it to use. Just don't buy it like a book and sit it on a shelf and let it collect dust. Actually put it to use. Do you get results? If you get results, Okay. And then you can move on to the next level if they have a next level. But it's a lower risk approach where you kind of take baby steps in a low risk way versus like buying their highest price product because you want riches super quickly. So that's kind of what I do now. And this, it, it takes time. I don't immediately buy anybody's product right away. I take some time and I follow them. I study them and I just listen and I watch for inconsistency and, and as well as consistency, if, if that makes sense. That's very valuable advice. Thank you for that. You, that's a very smart approach to just studying a person to make sure that person is an individual of integrity. I can tell even by the systematic approach that you think through this, that now I understand why you're successful as an options trader, because you like think through things, you know, it's, it's just brilliant answer. Travis, I noticed that you started this options trading program or service where you're going from like $10,000 and you're showing how you are growing that $10,000 account to a hundred thousand over a five year period or less. So it's essentially like a step-by-step -step case study, right? You're doing it and showing your mm -hmm. clients how you're doing that. Can you walk me through this program that you have, you know, there might be one of my listeners that I've actually, I was actually speaking with one of my clients last week and he expressed an interest in trading. And I was honest, I was like, I personally don't trade, but guess what? I'm going to have a trader on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
um, go ahead, just share how you're going about doing that. Has the program started already? What does it look like? And what's the goal? This is a case study is what you're referring to. Yes, it's, it's part of my program. But the, the case study, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, it started from a negative place. Um, I am part of, well, I like to think I'm part of this uh, community called uh, FIRE, Financially Independent Retire Early, even though I don't necessarily agree with the retire early part. I, I follow a lot of the members of the community, and there's uh, I'll share his name, and not, I have nothing against this guy. I really support. I am super proud of everything he's accomplished. I have zero ill feelings towards this guy, but he's named the godfather, one of the godfathers of the community and it's called Mr. Money Mustache. And one day he posted something about trading on his website and it hurt, right? Cause like, this is a guy I respected. And I was just surprised that he could be so close bonded to trading. And so I posted on his blog, uh, totally my fault. Cause I shouldn't have shared this, this, and this way. I shared some of the things that trading has helped me do and how I've learned that Warren Buffett uses options. I, I use his method. I had a 211% return on my money in one year. And that just in that particular year, I haven't done it last year, but that particular year, but that's my fault. I should, I should have thought about the audience I was posting that to, but I was just happy and like, Hey, because I was open-minded, here's what I've been exposed to. And man, they ripped me apart. Like his community, like tore me apart. And I even had a response from him. And then I was like, honestly, I was hurt. I was like, I'm so tired of people telling me I'm lucky, that I'm just an anomaly, that the science tells me 90% of traders fail. I said, I'm just going to show them. I'm tired of telling people. I'm going to show them what's possible. Because yes, we achieve financial freedom in five years from start to finish. It took longer than five years if you consider all my failures. But from the moment I committed and followed everything my mentors taught me, yes, we took five-figure account to six figures in five years. So I was like, okay, let me show them how I've done it. Because a lot of people like me think you, you need a million dollars to be financially free. I'm like, nah. It's like, we, we honestly were financially free with like a hundred grand. That's it. I was like, that's all it took because of the options allow me to make anywhere. It's not you. I'm not saying anybody's listening to this. You can do this, but this is what I've been able to do is generate anywhere from two to 5% a month of my portfolio. So all we needed was like a hundred grand in our investment account. So I was like, let me show them how we've done it. And it is integrating. It's not just trading, right? It's integrating bond hole and trading. And so I've done it in my own life, but nobody saw me. So I was like, okay, let me do it in front of the world. Let me publicly show people. And I, I put my, my trading uh, journal on the website. They can download for free. It's there. All of my results for my trading. And since I started that case study in May of 2017, I have taken 10 grand and it's grown to, last time I checked, $69,000 in only about two and a half, almost three years. And every single, I've journaled every single thing I've done. I've recorded videos for it. And again, all of the trade records is download. So I'm like, I already know this is not fake. I was like, I've done it. I know it's proven if you follow the blueprint. And believe it or not, it's not just trading and investing. Part of it is, hey, adding money to your account, right? There's no wealth without savings. And people, are, when, they, when they watch a case study, they're completely surprised at how much of your results come from saving money. I'm like, yeah, that's what people have been telling you from the beginning of time. So I'll stop now because I'm so passionate about this, man. I can go on and on, so I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, as you were sharing how certain individuals and certain communities and, and how they can be in terms of close-minded, I... Oh my gosh, I totally understand and I can 
imagine what happened when you went to share your opinion on um, <laughs> you know, Mr. Money Mustache's uh, a blog. I stopped following him a very long time ago because I naturally push back from people who are close-minded. Mm. And one of those individuals is actually Dave Ramsey. <laughs> yep. Very close-minded. It's almost like, no, no, no. My way is the only way and I cannot learn from anyone else. And the philosophy that I had 40 years ago is the exact same philosophy I have today. Even though the economy has changed, even though this generation has greater level of debt, everything is 100% the same sentence by sentence over a 40-year period. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yep, I, I'm there with you. <laughs> yeah. So then I think... When you see an individual who's open-minded, like Ray Dalio, he's the most successful hedge fund manager in the world, but he is so honest about how he's not perfect, how Mm. he learns from people, how he brings on a team that challenges his ideas. That is why I respect him. And that's why he's successful. And so as you mention names like Ray Dalio, as you talk about you getting mentors, as you talk about, you know, investing in programs and learning from other people, I can tell that you are literally a sponge, mm-hmm. right? And, and <laughs> that's what makes you unique. So that's phenomenal. So Travis, for the listeners, anyone who wants to add trading to, let's say, what they've learned from me, because I'm the long-term wealth building guy, I believe in saving, paying down debt, and investing simultaneously. Those three things over the long term, I'm sure you know it's like a win-win-win, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. For the individuals who are interested, maybe as they are doing their long-term investing, maybe they do have some surplus cash. What can they expect if they are to work with you and how can they connect with you? What they can expect is for me to be brutally and bluntly honest, (laughs) and I will try to unsell them on trading first before I sell them on trading. And the reason why is because all the things you mentioned before, a lot of people try to, to shortcut success, right? They try to use trading as a way to build wealth. So what I tell people is, no, do what Dr. Han says first. Become successful at that because you will never, and I mean, at least in my experience, I've been doing this 20 plus years, you will never succeed as a trader unless you develop the discipline and the patience required to succeed as a bondhold investor. So that's what they can expect. They're going to expect a guy, they're going to be like, he's just as conservative like everybody else, slow and steady over time. But real wealth is built over time, not overnight. So they're going to be sorely disappointed if they think I'm going to talk about grinding an account quick. That was very long-winded, so let me share how people can connect with me. <laughs> they can go to tradertravis.com. That's how where they can find me. It's a very small website. Right now, the only thing I'm focusing on is that case study we discussed earlier. So again, that's tradertravis.com. Travis, it was so great to have you on today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Just being the incredible person that you are, I look forward to just seeing how you continue to inspire, educate, 
and also mentor, right, our generation and for the individuals who are interested in trading that you continue to support them in that capacity. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you. And seriously, I am completely honored. Like I said in Twitter, this is my first interview since I won that investing championship. And I wish you much, much more success. I, I followed your podcast. I've binge listened to it. And so you've had a good uh, range of guests. So I'm honored to be one of the guests uh, on it. So thank you so much for this opportunity.